watching the Star Wars Friends Podcast Razor Crest Reaction. Starting in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This is the This is the way. Watching the Star Wars Friends podcast Razor Crest React Show covering each episode of The Mandalorian Season 2. Don't forget to subscribe and join the conversation every Friday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Now, here are your hosts, the Star Wars Friends. What's happening, boys and girls of the internet world? My name is Christopher Marinin, and you are watching the Star Wars Friends podcast, Razor Press Reacts. Oh my God, do I have goosebumps right now? <laughs> Chapter 11 was outstanding. Outstanding. It. <laughs> I'm like so excited to talk about this chapter. Uh, what a night. Thank you for everyone joining us. Anyone that's about to join in, this is going to be a rowdy, rowdy show. So welcome to Razor Press Reacts. I'm joined by my Star Wars friends. Who's here with me tonight? This is Josh. And remember that time when the scoops were coming out and I said, I don't know if my heart can handle Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka and um, Katie Sackhoff as Bo-Katan mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in live action. We're, we're halfway to a heart attack today. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is Justin, and uh, I like my chowder moving. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. yes. Mm-hmm. I don't. Very fresh. Very fresh. <laughs> uh, and out of a tube, I hope. Uh, this, is, <laughs> <laughs> this is Kyle, and I felt like Ric Flair this whole episode just <laughs> in my liver. <laughs> The whole time. <laughs> uh, this is Maggie, and I would very much like Sasha, Sasha Banks to uh, just crush me with her entire self. Oh my God! Right, <laughs> right. The hair. Yeah, oh, we'll sure talk about the, the only hair. one. Very excited about that. And everybody, I am so so happy. I have wanted to talk to this person for a very long time. I have been a fan of his work for years. Uh, Mr. Mark Newbold, welcome and glad to have you as a Star Wars friend. How you feeling? I'm feeling very good, and I'm glad you lot are wrestling fans. That makes me happy because I'm a wrestling fan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, I usually get the wrestling references wrong, and then Josh usually comes in and lays the smack down on me uh, because I don't know it very well. But I do – I know Sasha Banks, but did Sasha Banks use that name in the credits, or did she – No, she used nope. her name, Mercedes. Uh, her, oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. So what is her? what is her given name? Mercedes. Mercedes Bernardo, is it? Yep. yep. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. So, okay. Deep <laughs> breaths. Deep breaths. Uh, if you are a fan of Star Wars, Clone Wars, and Rebels, this episode really, truly delivered on levels that we only speculated about and talked about and dreamed of uh, in, in ways that we couldn't even fathom. And Dave Filoni... John Favreau, the masterpiece that they've put together. It's just so incredible. So, oh, there we are. And Mark, tell everybody where you're at right now. Well, the dressing gown might give it away. I'm sorry. I just got into character. It is, as I look, it's nearly 20 to 1 in the morning. So, yeah. But that's pretty late-nighter. I'm usually putting late ones, so it's all good. 
we appreciate it. Yes. We appreciate it so much. And uh, this is going to be cool. Um, Scott, glad you can join us, Scott, in the chats. Uh, we're going to – so I want to start this off real quick before we get into the roundtable. As you all know, that we have a very special cause that we are focusing on at the Star Wars Friends. So we want to we'll tell everybody about our, our cause. Maggie, go ahead and dive into it and what's going on. Where are you at with the fundraiser? Yes. So we are at – hang on. Let me pull up the most accurate amounts. We are currently at – I could pull it up here, Maggie. I'll get it. I know you're faster than me. It's all good. I had just exited. Um, $11,433 out of our $15,000 goal. We are still fundraising for the uh, Transgender Law Center, and we will be fundraising until December 20th. Yeah, this is awesome. This is so cool. Uh, this I love left. seeing this come through. A lot of people retweeting this. We want to thank everybody for doing that. And as you all know, I'm giving away one of these t-shirts. If you make a $40 donation, we have gotten several $40 donations that have come through. So you can get one of these t-shirts here. They're pretty $100 sweet. $100 donation will get you a hoodie. So very cool. Keep them coming. And don't forget, you got to email the show, show at starwarsfriends.com. If you made a $40 donation, let me know. I'll get that shirt out to you uh, as quickly as possible. So very cool. Uh, good work, Maggie and crew. Awesome. This is the way. Very excited. This is the way. Yeah, that's right. My, so, mom's, my mom's like, hey, you, I, I owe you $80. And I'm like, why? She's like, because I want you to get two of those shirts for me. Oh, <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Very cool. Oh, look at Lauren's comment here. Our, our good friend, Lauren, I ascended after this episode. I'm one with the force. Aren't I we all? <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> hey, and Nix is here. Uh, Mark, you'll be happy to know that we do have a lot of uh, great friends over in the UK. Nix is one of them. And Nix is one of the most, um, I mean, brilliant, really writes some of the most brilliant takes on Star Wars that have been, that I've read, uh, especially Nix's take on Rise of Skywalker was fantastic reading that that perspective. So cheers, Nix. Cheers, Mark. <laughs> Everybody. I got my pond water in case anybody cares. Uh, I know there's some people in the chat are interested. This is the chamomile uh. hop tea that I'm drinking tonight. So. Oh, God. Cheers. Uh. Hey. Uh. <laughs> oh, sorry. I almost tasted it over the internet. <laughs> the recurring gag where we make fun of Chris's odd beverage choices. Yes, yes. Now, we're about momentarily to dive into Chapter 11, The Heiress, but there is one reminder I want to give to everybody, and especially Mr. Kyle. Mark, welcome no. to the club. Boba oh. Fett is alive. I just Allegedly. want to let everyone Allegedly. know. That I have not forgotten this. He is alive. Boba Fett is alive. And don't you say Commander Cody, because it's not. It's Boba Gregor. Fett. I'm very it's excited. not confirmed <laughs> to be Commander Cody yet. Gregor. Now, here is another one that I want to lay out, Kyle. I just want to lay, I just want to be real subtle. I just want to be real subtle. Ready? Oh my God. Sasha Banks oh. is a Mandalorian. <laughs> that is for you, Kyle. Uh, very excited. We are. Hey, listen, I mean, there's so much lore. There's so much world building that occurred in this episode, and I'm really excited to dive into it. But let's let's go to Mark. Mark, I want to know, uh, let's do our roundtable here. What's your initial reactions? How did you watch the show? When did you watch the show? And uh, and take us through that whole journey. I watched it at 8 o'clock this morning, which is the time it came on stream in the UK. So we're very lucky. People either not working or heading out to work and just about catch. It was 35 minutes long. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, you kind of stole my thunder. I was very much doing the Ric Flair thing because it had me out of my street more than, than boxer size or any physio that I do. Um, 
I, it blew me away in the best sense. I've enjoyed the first two episodes. Great fun, but much more linear and straightforward action episodes. Yeah. In that sense, you know, they, they weren't uh, they weren't really breaking out of the format too much. But this one, obviously, expanding, laying seeds for stuff that's coming in a big way. Um, oh yeah, it it woke it woke me up. Not that I ever get much sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good, so good. All right, very cool. Uh, let's go to Maggie. Maggie, how did you watch the show? You had an interesting day today. Oh, I've had a very long day. Um, seven o'clock this morning, my mom came out. We set up, you know, breakfast, um, and we watched it. And as soon as the the heiress title came on, I was like, "Mom, this is it's going to be Vokatan. It's going to be Vo." And she she watches some of like my YouTube videos, so she knew like who I was talking about because I've. I've talked a lot about Satine, so <laughs> she knows yeah. a lot about Bokatan. And as soon as the reveal came, I lost my my shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I think I think all of Star Wars fandom. Oh did. my god! And I just I was so I mean, there's like a part of me that was like kind of disappointed that we found out like months ago that she was going to be in it. But I was also super happy that like my theories. Um, I wrote an article back in July, and like my theory came out to be pretty much spot yeah. on. So yeah. super happy about that. Um, really want to know more about Moff Gideon. I have a oh, lot of questions sure. after this about him. I got a lot of Chuck Wendig aftermath vibe from these Imperials in this episode. I was yeah, very excited sure. yeah. about this and we'll dive into that. I got a couple stills uh, that are interesting. Very excited. Um, what did you have for breakfast? Did you have the, the, the child, uh, the little breakfast cereal? The cereal. I had, I had an kicks, egg sandwich. Kicks with mellows. I, I yeah. had an egg sandwich. Oh, well, hey, watch out now. Uh, that'll get you in trouble. Mark, <laughs> it's like I have it like twice a week, to be Mark, honest. Mark, do you have these in, in the UK? No, and I'm heartbroken because I would I would buy one and eat one like I do with most Star Wars things. I, I <laughs> wish they did them. We get nothing good over here. That's well, crazy. Somebody should send you some. Yeah, well, we, we should send you some. They're now, everywhere here. Yeah, they're really good too. Um, they taste oh. like um, app, not like Apple Jacks, but kind of like Apple kicks. Jacks and they're, kicks. They're, yeah, they're like kicks. Do you have kicks over mm-hmm. in the UK? We don't, but I have heard of them. Okay, they're not very good. Uh, yeah, you're not missing much. Oh, I, I enjoyed them. So, the Mandalorian cereal is actually quite good. Don't worry about that. <laughs> what do you look like? Blue, green? What are we? What are we? Uh, they're yellow with green marshmallows. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. it actually it dies at green. It would die at uh, a green milk. So mm-hmm. the, the least popular flavor in in Galaxy's Edge, I've heard. <laughs> I, I like the blue milk myself, but uh, let's go to the king of blue milk, Mr. Josh. Josh, how did you watch the show today? I actually, so the last two episodes I've waited until after work to watch. So watching them right before, that is, but that is so much restraint. I had that a is, premonition today that I was like, whew. nope, today, take my, take an iPad to work, yep. watching it on my lunch. And man, so I, I like went to, we have a meeting, a bunch of meeting rooms, but no one's using them right now. Cause no one's coming in. And so I went into a meeting room, put my headphones in. And just watching and I'm like, oh, I love Mon Calamari. So like seeing a bunch of Mon Calamari, that was yeah. sweet. And then Bo-Katan comes. I see the helmet. I scream. She takes her helmet off. I see Katie. I scream. Um, <laughs> In the lunchroom? Yeah. And yeah. I, actually, I actually have a still from the show that I want to share really quickly. Yeah, sure. Sure, do it. Um, so just one second here. It, it, you know, Why do listen. I feel like I'm about to get attacked again. You're not going to get attacked. I promise. I don't even. Now, this is actually my, my favorite scene from the show. Just want to share this really quick. Um, right there. 
<laughs> I missed that scene. Was that in the post credits? Yeah, it was post credit. A... Post credit. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I, Josh. Actually, I mean, the moment that she she revealed herself and it was Katie, which we all kind of we all kind of knew it was going to come. Uh, I thought of you. I was like, okay, I wonder how Josh is reacting right now. I mean, for real. And Kyle, obviously, having, having Bo-Katan in live action, you are oh, loved it. Um, you are the Clone Wars king on this show for sure. Uh, so what was your journey like on the episode? Uh, well, I, like I said, I worked from home today. So after my eight 30 meeting, I like did some things I had to get done really quickly. And then I took sort of a little break around nine 30 or 10 and, uh, had a bowl of cereal cereal and, uh, watch the show then, which was much better than waiting until I, get off work, which is what yeah. I did the last two That's weeks. hard. That's hard. Yeah, it's tough because you know it's out there. And it also means you can't check social media all day, which is <laughs> also hard. tough. At all. Yeah. Yeah. How about when you get uh, push notifications for the Star Wars Friends Twitter uh, account on your phone and you have to like very quickly swipe them every time they come because oh, you're afraid no. they might be a spoiler? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, luckily, I didn't have anyone. I mean, I, I wake up so early. I watched it uh, super early, but no one no one texted me. Usually someone will text me something that I'm like, oh, why did you send this through? But um, Justin, did you, did you wake up bright and early and watch it this morning? I slept in a little bit just because baby woke up at two o'clock in the morning and took a little extra time to go down last night. So I was pretty tired this morning, but uh, I did get to watch it before I went into work. Um, I've been working from home since like March. So it's not much of a stretch to have some background noise, which is why I was able to get two watches in. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I got it before I, you know, showered up and, and logged into work. And the great thing is the last three episodes have gotten shorter and shorter. It didn't seem short, no, but it didn't. Taking 30 minutes, 35 minutes out of my morning to just watch it real quick, it really wasn't that bad. Instead of like 54 minutes would have taken way longer. But yeah. um, no, it was it was fantastic. On the edge of my seat the whole time. Loved the action. Great callbacks. Uh, it was yeah. a good episode. Good episode. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, this might be one of, one of my favorite Filoni era episodes spanning mm. all the way back. I mean, let's, let's just, let's be clear. This really brings a lot of the Clone Wars, uh, you know, stories full circle here. And it really expands the, the lore, the, the world building that we always talk about. It's just so well done. It's a masterclass of storytelling and we're starting to see everything come together now. And to really see the live action, uh, I mean, okay, I want to just talk about Mandalorians and jetpacks in live action. I mean, oh God, I, I don't know. know how they are. I don't know how they are filming this. I don't so know how good. they're doing it, but it is so well done. Literally goosebumps again, just talking about this. Um, I, I, I will never get tired of a flamethrower on a gauntlet, and I'll never get tired of a Mandalorian with a jetpack. So mm. I am just marveled at how they're putting these shows together and – uh, I know I at 6 a.m. Uh, I was just super geeked watching this and I thought about it all day and I could not wait to get on the show to dissect it. So I'm very excited. I get so right. like overwhelmed when I realize that all of that is filmed on the volume and that just like my little brain just like can't handle that because it looks like you're real, really <laughs> yeah. on location and you look like you're really on the docks and in the tavern and, you know, right. all the stuff feels real. And, you know, I feel like it, it is really a culmination of so much of what George Lucas envisioned for ILM 
Yeah. Oh, so. for sure. And, and and Mark, we've talked about this. We we've actually asked the question on here. Do you do you notice uh, the volume at all while watching this? Do you ever think about the volume being a, a part of the process, or are you just immersed in the show? Immersed. It's weird. We had Hal Hickel on making tracks for a couple of episodes, talking about it, and he went into a certain amount of detail and did say that season two steps it up in terms of because uh, obviously the software is incredible, but the hardware is the trick. You know, and the season one soft hardware was incredible to get that stagecraft up and running, but season two is even more defined and even bigger. And now they've built other ones around the world. I think there's one in Australia, one at Pinewood, another one in LA. Yeah. Um, but, but to a tiny degree, but really, I just got that wrapped up in this one. You do forget, and it's a great point, Maggie Max, because they never go out on set, really. You know, it's all. It's all in that big room. It's the Brady Ranch made real, isn't it? It's what Georgia always wanted. Well, you know, the original plan, obviously the text insanely far ahead from where he obviously ever envisions it because George loves green. Um, yeah, like, right. Like from the ceiling sort of thing. But but this this must have, I'd love to have been a flying woman he came on the set and I'm sure he did again for season two. It's just, mm-hmm. it is, it's just insanely good. Yeah, it yeah. really is. I mean, now we've, you know, how many... Across the two seasons so far, we've been to so many different locations and it's you're just immersed in these locations that are so radically different. And we joked about how we figured this was going to be a monster of the week or a creature feature, you know, just because the last two episodes were total creature features. And of course, we got that uh, what the Mamacor, Justin, Mamacor. It's the Mamacor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, uh, we kind of thought that that the Mandalorian was going to be tested against a sea monster, a la Godzilla. We had the we had the dragon, we had the spider, and now we were going to get the the giant sea monster. But it was a different type of sea monster, and we're going to have a photo of that here in just a second. So uh, I am pleasantly happy. Everyone happy with this episode? More than oh, happy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cool. All right, let's let's start diving into the episode here. As y'all know, I have a little bit of technical difficulty loading up some of these photos. So bear with me as I try to pull these up, everybody. Uh, let's see here. Let's go to screenshot number one. What do we have listed as number one? I don't even know what these are. There we are, the heiress. Did we all know it was Bo-Katan? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mark, did you have a feeling when you saw the show title that it would be Bo-Katan? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we all knew the scuttlebutt was pretty hot, wasn't it, on this one? So it, uh, hmm. yeah, it made sense. As soon as that popped up, it kind of started to all really solidify. But yeah, yeah, this is so cool. I mean, I think I don't. I, they haven't released the chapter names. Am I correct? There was like a there was like a quote unquote leak or a, like a, a weird scoop about yeah. the names, and they turn out to be incorrect already. Uh, this would be interesting if they carried this theme all the way through the season i wonder what the next episode will be maybe it's the the former bounty hunter who fell in the sarlacc pit and got <laughs> revived and now lives on tatooine with the, the tuscan fat, raiders the fat man that will fit in a really nice disney Robert plus a. show fat title fat. Though, so. i think we're going back to navarro next week you think we're going back to navarro really yeah because the ship was in such bad like oh, there's no way to make it to the moon where so good. <laughs> it was in great shape for Mon Calamari. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's in great shape. Duct tape and fishing nets. Oh. Uh, Kyle, what's on your mind? You, you know, I actually started thinking we were going to see Bo-Katan or some other Mandalorians that we knew when they did the previously on stuff and they mentioned the stuff about have you ever Helmets. taken your helmet off and yep. he, has it ever been removed by anyone else and 
um, that made me think like, oh, they're reminding us of this. We're nerds, of course, we remembered, but like not, maybe not everybody does. Yeah. Um, and I thought for sure we're going to see a Mandalorian that takes their helmet off. That's why they're saying this to us. Right. I have what might be an unpopular opinion. Uh-oh. Oh. Well, you're coming to the right place. <laughs> <laughs> so seeing uh, Bo and her, her two night owls in action combined with finding out that uh, Din is a religious zealot. Right, right. <laughs> kind of makes him a lot less cool than he used to be in you my head. You think so? I don't a think so. A little bit. Well, he's, he's sort of like indoctrinated by the... Not so much that part. Like that, that was part of it, but just seeing how like... You think he's real crisp, and then you see them in action, you're like, oh, he's oh, just for like sure. a B-plus oh, yeah, player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, for like, sure. Oh, and he, yeah. I feel like he felt that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. That was. He was kind of like watching them fight. Like he's like, maybe I'm over this mask, th- this helmet thing. That's okay. <laughs> well, and I think that was part of their pitch to him too. Yeah. It's like, hey, come on, come with us. Look at how slick we are. Look what you I know? can do. Yeah. <laughs> Look at what I can do. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I'm glad that everyone else picked up on that too. I know that it wasn't super subtle, but it was so well done. I mean, the, the action scenes once again, directed so fantastic choreographed was, I mean, the choreography was, was phenomenal. I mean, really these fight scenes were, were exceptional uh, for anything, not just Star well, Wars for, for any medium. They were and, great. And while we're talking about it, how cool is the child of the watch? Like oh, after yeah. the, the, Death Watch, who tried to break away yeah. and start their own, you know, Mandalorian killer people, basically, back in the Clone yeah. Wars. It's like a very cool connection. It really is. And I'm so happy they're expanding this lore because I know a lot of us were were kind of we, – we've asked the questions like, what happened? What happened? What's the purge? Why can't they take their helmets off? What's the deal? Now we're getting answers. And it's making the show so much bigger. It's making the 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 story so much bigger. I can't. I can't wait to see where this goes. I mean, I love the religious zealot angle. It kind of makes it makes total. It sense. makes sense. Perfect sense. Yeah. I and mean, we already knew he was Death Watch, a child of Death Watch, because the armor when that's he was picked interesting up to me. So this comment from my friend Brandon is interesting, and I, I this actually doesn't surprise me after talking to mm-hmm. him about like the differences in his Mandos. fandom and mine. Uh, that he, not knowing who they were, yeah, I could see them coming off that way. Obviously, they yeah. they are not bad guys, but for sure, you no. without knowing who they like, we've all seen Bo Katan in like several yeah. several episodes of the cartoon, so you know her backstory is of flushed two different out. Different cartoons, but, yeah. Well, yeah. we also we trust the Mando, right? We trust yeah. him. We yeah. we know that the Mando is an honorable person, has a creed. Protects the child. We we all as as audience members, we we really trust him. So when Bo Katan breaks the the deal, and and Mando makes that comment, yeah. If you're a casual fan, if you're just watching the Mandalorian for the first time on Disney Plus, you don't you don't know the rest of the backstory. You will think that Bo Katan might be yeah a baddie. Yeah, for sure. I was a little bit disappointed when when uh, Mando didn't say. Oh, this deal gets worse all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been awesome. Oh, Did you guys so- notice um, when Bo takes her helmet off the first time, the child looks up at Din like. <laughs> oh, really? No, he, I didn't. He looks, he okay. looks straight up at Din like, hey, come off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I will definitely go back and notice that. Now, Mark, our friend Mike Harris is asking a question. Do you think we'll see Mandalore? What do you think? You think we're going to go there? Uh, somebody asked me that again today, funny enough. Um, I think we probably will. Uh, I mean, 
we've been there before, so it'll be interesting to to go there you again think this season. Um, it kind of feels like the discovery season for his heritage, so maybe yes. Um, I mean, obviously, we've got a soaker coming up, so spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> she's got history with Mandalore, so yeah. Maybe, yeah, it's sort of season seven tie-in. It could happen. I don't know. I mean, I, uh, going back to the stagecraft thing, I'm desperate for them to go to Coruscant at some point. I'm so oh. keen. Yes. Whoa. Can you imagine what the volume can do with Coruscant? You know, well, Attack of the Clones did it 20 years ago, and, and to see it now I think would be incredible. So that's a personal tick list. But, yeah, it's a great question. I, I think we will see Mandalore. Yeah. I'm really I, sure what it's in. I have a theory that it'll be season three. That it's like setting it up, like introducing the middle, and then like three will be the getting to Mandalore and rebuilding it, That's which cool. I think is a popular theory among fandom. Yeah, it's I agree. Show, isn't it? It's a slow burn show, so if it takes time to get there, that's all all gravy for us, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> yes, I would love that. Uh, I I do have a theory we're going to break into a little bit Uh-oh. later in the show. I'm very I have excited a theory about. too that I, I want to talk about. Yeah, very excited about this. So let's keep rolling through the show here. Uh, thank you everyone for chiming in on the chats. I'm going to try to pull up as much as possible and answer your questions as they come through. Look at this. Nod to Solo, a Star Wars story with that at at uh crane and this is really cool i love seeing it and actually hear that you hear the mechanics like really really fun um this whole entry into atmosphere was exceptional this was so funny um let's see if i could pull up this still here so the episode opens after the title screen and you got this jalopy razor crest heading into atmosphere at trash. Uh, it was called Trask, right? Is that the yeah, name of the planet? Yeah. Okay. So they, they're heading into Trask and the razor crest is so messed up um, that he doesn't have any, what he doesn't have any fuel. The, um, it lost a piece when it entered atmosphere too. Yeah. The hole had no integrity and he didn't right have any shield ocean. Yeah, so you're in this ocean planet, and he goes through the atmosphere, and ship catches on fire naturally. He's getting the radio call, Razor Crest, Razor Crest, you're too fast. And you know that he's trying his best. And ask the frog lady, uh, a really good sidekick, clearly, has the little, uh, what it called, the noisy cricket blaster, Padme's (laughs) blaster, and then also uh, is a pretty capable co-pilot. I would give, I would assume give Chewie a run for their money. Eh? Uh, so frog lady's pulling back on the stick and it gets one of the most funny, uh, funny moments of the show. And I already gave the reveal away cause I had mislabeled the photos. Sorry, but the razor crest tries to land on that platform and <laughs> like, keyword. they're just hovering so over close. the platform so and, you're, and you're like, okay, yeah, this will be good. And it just dumps right into the sea after a jet kicks off in one of the most comedic moments in all of all of the season. So this is really good. There it is getting picked up out of the uh, the water there again by that, that I don't know, Adat Crane that we see on Corellia making Lauren, the ship. Lauren said in the chat that uh, Bryce said that was a nod to yes, Apollo she 13. That. It was a oh, nod really? to her dad's film. Oh, that's that's pretty sweet. I that whole entry scene. I've talked about this on previous React show. I I love when I you know we're all diehard Star Wars fans. There's no way around it. But like the when you can feel tense watching Star Wars, you get those genuine emotions. Man, that's like oh, I I 
chef's kiss to Mr. <laughs> Favreau uh, and, and Mr. Filoni and Bryce Dallas. This is just like so well done. Um, but Mark, do you, do you feel those, that tension? Do you feel watching these episodes? I mean, you're so immersed in star Wars and on so many different levels. Uh, it, like, do you still get that, that moment of, of emotion when you watch these shows? Yeah. Blimey. Yeah. I mean, the thing I love about this show, you know, unless very recognizable characters come in that we know survive beyond this point, I think anything's anything can happen in a show called The Mandalorian. If the show's called Din Jarin, I'd feel rather confident he would survive every encounter he goes into, but who knows? And yeah. there's plenty of actors out there that could take on the mantle of you know of leading this show. Yeah. You know? We've we've already referred to a couple. So yeah, I mean that opening sequence was wow. I mean, I used to role play, I used to do a lot of D6 West End roleplay back in the day. Yeah. And that kind of drop into a planet was something we did a lot. So to see it visualized. <laughs> on screen was just like awesome yeah really absolutely yeah it's so good and and i just really wonder how much more the razor crest can take someone in the chat earlier said that the razor crest dropping in atmosphere was like going through 2020 um (laughs) (laughs) yeah i would agree uh full agree on that one all right let's see what they they have to fix it they just sold however many thousands (laughs) of like seven hundred dollar toys same thing kyle like i just bought the razor crest it's it's gone now (laughs) i'll be like no right you have the next stretch goal will be to cover it in barnacles and string yeah oh my god yeah wow that yeah by the end of this guy yeah this guy is too funny i didn't notice that sweater yeah yeah Looks I like mean, a this, like a like a like a, he'd be a Norwegian fisherman or something totally. like that, like Cape Cod or something. Oh like yeah, that. he's giving now, ransom a run for his work in the docks, man. Yeah, you yeah. know that this cosplay is going to be hot everywhere. <laughs> uh, this is going to be hot. So I love this guy. His voice was hilarious. He was mm-hmm. just like the 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 grumbly you know docks person, and uh, <laughs> I just oh my goodness, so much fun. They. This is classic Star Wars humor at its best. He was just so pissed. He's like, "Oh, great! I gotta, I gotta deal with this thing now." Like, he's like, "Can you fix it?" And he's like, "Fix it." He's like, "Make it fly." He's like, and then he hands him the credits, and then he looks at it, and he's like, "I'll fill it up with fuel if it still holds." (laughs) If it still holds it, yeah. (laughs) Which can I? That brings up a question I had about this episode. Yeah, is I remember in the beginning of season one, he was like. I need every bounty you can get me. I don't that I don't even have enough money to put fuel in my ship and all these things. And then right. he gets that Cam Tono of Beskar, but he used the whole thing and then donated the rest. And now it seems like he just has an unlimited source of money. He's like, Yeah, I'll cover your bet. I'll pay to fix the ship. I'll right. I'm not he gonna spend a lot gamble. of money. Like episode. he's just throwing money around. And where's it all coming from? Thought crossed my mind as well, Kyle. I definitely thought you know, yeah, same thing. Where Maybe did he get it from? Broke, watch, but he had like extra fund. money saved. Death watch trust fund. My my no. question is, where do you keep the the calamari flan? Like, it seems like it needs to be stored in a cool, damp place. But he's like always walking around with <laughs> it in his pocket. Humidor, like, doesn't it melt or like stink humidor? Probably right. stinks. It, uh, calamari <laughs> flan probably stinks. I would imagine. Yeah. No. Yeah. Who wants yeah. Has to? <laughs> Odorous. <laughs> Like currency, that's still gelatinous sense. money. <laughs> Who is so stoked to see the flan come back? I was so happy. I was like, okay, full circle. Here we are. Uh, brilliant. It was so good. 
All right. So they, he finally docks. He meets that super grumpy, awesome docks calamari docksman i don't probably not given a name but if there is it'll probably be on wikipedia soon but then we get a, a reunion of the frogman and frog lady beloved characters great costuming of course uh, and uh, they just they embrace on this very dark planet and they bring it just a little bit of brightness to everybody's life it was so. such a sweet moment mm-hmm. it really was yeah. it was so cute it was so cute so this cuteness was interrupted shortly after though Shortly after, by hang on, let me get this queued up here. There you go, Kyle. Yeah, very. It was interrupted by this because we knew what was going to happen. We talked about this. Kyle might not, uh, might not. Agree I feel like this. I said she wasn't a Jedi. I don't like, did I say she wasn't a Mandalorian? Yeah, I think he would disagreed with Josh and this I. Thing off the screen here. There we go. All right, there she is. There she oh, is. But before this, there was the funny moment with Den being realizing he needs to feed the child. Because the child was eyeing him up again, and he was like, he's like, I need to go feed you. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's right. That's right, because he's eyeing up the the egg (laughs) container. So there's that scene. Here's the scene that we saw in the trailer that we all speculated on. And and yeah, Kyle, you're right. We did think that maybe at one point in time, Sasha would play a Jedi. Mark, did you have any theories when the trailer came out who Sasha Banks would play? Did this kind of line up with your thoughts? Um. Without giving too much away, a friend of mine actually used to work for WWE, and he's friends with her husband, um, and didn't know didn't know too much, but knew a little bit. Yeah, uh, and so we sort of knew whispers, but nothing solid because we didn't want to spoil it. It, it. You know, it's no fun when you know too much, right? Uh, mm-hmm. A little bit. Um, yeah, that was a cool little reveal. But I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. He didn't. He didn't mention Mandalorian. He, he sort of said what she wasn't, but didn't say what she was, which I kind of didn't mind. That's <laughs> right. One box, isn't it, sir? But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was. Uh, that's cool. That's. Uh, it's hard to hold on to those secrets. Hard to hold on to that. And uh, yeah, goodness, goodness gracious, was was the reveal very fun? So we see Sasha. She kind of drifts in the shadows to to follow up on Maggie's point about needing to eat. They go into this. Nice little, um, this warm seafood cantina that they have there on Trask. And it's all uh, operated by Moncala. You get to start seeing some Corin, who we know are, are nasty folk. That's a nasty, uh, nasty folk, which we're going to find racist. out here in a minute. But they yeah, sit that's down racist. to the table. <laughs> what? They're yeah, always they're rude. They're always mean. And look at this cute little thing. Kyle, focus uh, on they, this here. They, they help save the planet, but... Little face uh, hugger here. Uh, there, there was the scene yeah. that we thought we were going to get last week. Yeah, <laughs> it came. Yeah. It came an episode it came, later. It came around. Yeah, this was funny. Uh, you know, they serve the soup out of a hose that just kind of <laughs> comes from the ceiling, which is bizarre. Uh, I like the poses comment. a lot of questions. Like, how does it keep the chowder warm, or is it cold chowder? Yeah, Are I don't think you want to know. I don't think you want to know. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. <laughs> Uh, is we, that the only thing on the menu too? It seems like there's one right. hose with one thing yeah. going into the bowls. <laughs> I did like the guys using like salt and pepper though at the table. Oh yeah, wow. yeah. they were seasoning their soup. Can I can I say <laughs> I actually thought like oh they they <laughs> this is so dumb. But corn and Moncala live underwater, so of course they would want their food to be salty because they like live ah, in the right. briny deep. Yes. <laughs> It's yes. like it's like the, the like when you go to a strange place though, right? When you travel and somebody says, 
you know, where, where's the best place to eat? And somebody says, dude, you got to go here, oh, right? You got to try you the there, room temperature chowder. Hole in the wall restaurant. And you're looking at it on the outside going, do I really want to eat here? And you're going, I'm, all right, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to take his word. And you go in, you get the food and the food is amazing. But like yep. inside, it's just nasty, right? Yeah. It's that kind of place. <laughs> charming. It's like, very don't charming. Trust the food, just, just enjoy. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Chum so, bucket, not yeah. appetizing. <laughs> Jolie oh. hits it right on the head here. That is total chum bucket. And uh, we'll just call it chum bucket. That's, that's chum buckets. That's the actual waiter. He's the informant who gets a Calmar one. It's chum bucket. <laughs> that's his, so, chum that's the namesake we'll talk, of the inn. Yeah. We'll talk to Jason Fry. We'll make a cannon. Uh, so Ooh, chowder go. hole sounds inappropriate, Mike Harris. <laughs> the chowder hole. <laughs> chowder mm. hole. <laughs> it sounds Ugh. like a place on the east coast of the U.S. Okay, so there we go. It's true. It's true. I've probably eaten there before. All right, so let's keep moving through this episode here. So the you get the funny little face hugger scene. You get the calamari flan across the table, and the the Mandalorian is told by a Corrin mm-hmm. that he can take them to a place, but he's got to get on a, uh, he's got to get on a barge or, or what have you. So a couple hours boat ride. That's right. That's right. Can so quick about how trusting Mando is. He's just like, yep, sure. I'll just get on this boat with you. Yeah. Oh, totally. Well, that's confidence. To- it's confidence. confidence. Oh, it's, such a bad move. Chowder dump. <laughs> Chowder dump is also a very appropriate uh, Montala uh, <laughs> like dive bar name. All right, so we are on the the barge here, and you know we're just seeing these these gorgeous. I mean, this is on the volume. This is done on the volume, this and you insane. can't. I mean, it is just unreal what this technology can do. And as our friend Kevin Cabral points out, it is also on the Unreal Engine. So, um. This was a cool scene, and you think that, okay, they are going to wherever the corn says they're going to go. And he asked him, what, have you ever seen a Mamagor or man, what is it? What is it called? Mamacor. 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 <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Hey, I'm, I'm learning just like everyone else. Uh, so he, he, he asked him the question. He goes, no. And, of course, the corn's like, well, this is something the, the young one or the child should see. And they go over this pit. And as you know, uh, if you ever watch Deadliest Catch, they they have their their hold in the in mm-hmm. the actual the barge there. So of course there's these scary looking bars. They open up, and wouldn't you know it, Kyle? You know I don't like corn. You know I don't trust them. I've taught. Uh, listen, I'm on brand. You. I don't trust the corn. He doesn't like corn. He doesn't like uh, Trandoshans. I don't like Trandoshans. No. <laughs> you can't trust them. They eat. Just they because eat some corn are bad guys doesn't mean all corn are bad guys, Chris. These are terrible. They're, they're each corn. individuals with free will. These are terrible corn. So these corns were jerk. I'll give you that. They were jerks. Yeah. Well, let's actually. I got a photo of one of these corns here. Let's let's pull. Let's look at the costuming once again, real quick, before we move on to the the creature reveal. This uh, it's so happy. And Mark, I mean, you've obviously have enjoyed Star Wars for for a long time, and to see some of these classic characters mm. be brought to life in live action, how does that make you feel? Seeing you know Squid Face now in like a real live action movie. I was surprised Gerald Home wasn't part of this episode with Mon Callan and Quarren in there. I've got to say that. Uh, the detail on this was insane. And we get to it in a bit, you know, the the, the, the fight scene, or one of the many fight scenes. When you look at the facial expressions and just the detailing on it, it was just next level stuff. So, yeah, no, it is. It's to see that many as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome yeah, stuff. Mm hmm. It's it's beautiful, but and here four twenty sixty nine. He look he just looks evil. 
Yeah, yeah, you knew that this guy was up to no good, and there were definitely Pirates of the Caribbean vibe too in a lot of the mm-hmm. in the. Uh, oh the yeah, company. so Captain. very cool. Yeah, um, really love that. All right, so let's look at this terrifying thing here. Um, I do not have this one label. Bear with me just one second, y'all. Yell at me all you want. You can tweet at me. Court. No one is Chris. Uh, I have this saved. I don't have it in here. Like so a, it looks like a flattened out wrath tar. You know it's what? Right. It's like instead of round, it's like like this, and its mouth is just on the one side. It's like it a pancake wrath tar. Oh, this is not it. But this is also funny. <laughs> this is also very funny. Uh, so a little uh, discuss, if you will, as I go find the mamacore. So <laughs> it also kind me. of reminded me of a sarlacc with mm-hmm. the the teeth. Yep. Or a leech. Yeah. Yeah. Star oh, Wars loves those circle teeth. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Uh, y'all, I I, I know oh, I have God. it in a browser, but you know, we'll, we'll I'll find it eventually. So, the corn kicks the child or his horrifying. Yes, in the in the little pram, right into the mouth of the beast. My goodness, was that now, scary? Per what we were talking about earlier, did anybody feel like? the child was actually in real danger when yes. this happened well, at this moment. I mean, I don't think that, okay, here it is. Here it is right in front of us here. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Look, <laughs> Kyle, you tell me, <laughs> do you, well, I mean, you thought that in season two, episode three, that the child was just going to get eaten by a creature on a boat. And that was the end of the child. I've seen I crazy felt like things. He could have gotten seriously injured. Okay. I mean, the pram got destroyed. <laughs> So we lost the pram. We lost one thing. Um, this was was this uh, Quill's pram, or did we already lose Quill's I think pram? So. It what? should be Quill's pram. I think this yeah, is that was you lost pram. the first pram at the uh, the the client's home base. There, that's right, that's right. So we lost Quill. We lost the memory of Quill. Uh, so R.I.P. Quill again. Well, um, I was wondering if this means are they just going to get him a new one, or now is this going to be like a device where Baby Yoda is getting carried and walking around more? I need him just strapped to the front of Din's chest. I wanted that in season one. A, just a baby like Bjorn, a baby Bjorn. Like he just needs to be chilling, hanging out there. I mean, we already see that he's having the time of his life watching things get blown up. <laughs> right. So. Well, with his, which as much as they love jetpacks, let's just get let's just get the child a jetpack. Hey, a Mandalorian with a jetpack is a weapon. Yes. Oh. <laughs> so that that was terrifying. That creature was terrifying. Let's. I rank. was not having a good time. Let's quick rank. Okay, everybody, round table. Let's quick rank the scariest to least scariest monsters we've seen in chapter nine to chapter eleven. Crate dragon, spider, and the uh Mamagor, uh or Mamagor, right? Mamacor? Mamacor. Mark, go ahead. What is the scariest to least scariest that we've seen so far? Uh crate dragon, let's say the scariest. Least scariest is this. Okay, really? okay. Josh? Spiders. <laughs> What's I'm the least spiders? Scariest? Spiders. I mean, the crate dragon, I think, is more formidable, but it, it's just—it's not scary. Like I didn't—I didn't, I didn't want to look away from the screen when it was on. But the spider—the <laughs> spiders—I was just like, okay, can we? Yeah, can we get out of this cave? Good. Maggie, scariest, mm-hmm. least scariest. The mamacore, mamacore, whatever. Just because I have a really big fear of drowning, so that whole little sequence uh-huh. was not a good time for me. Yeah, yeah, that's the other part is that Mando was stuck under the... I did not like that. Yeah, that's a terror... I mean, really, that goes back to, at least for me, Titanic. That's uh, like the kind of nightmares I have, like where I'm stuck and I can't get out and I'm drowning. So, not a good time. Yeah, yeah. Justin, what about you? What's the scariest, least scariest? 
scariest is spiders for me just but that's wow. partial arachnophobia so oh, wow. um and then the i would say the for me the least scariest was the the crate dragon just i mean it's it's size and it's formidable per what yeah. josh said but it's it's not super scary I it was cool justin is impervious to acid so i mean of course he's not gonna be this is true this. so also uh, true kyle what is your uh what is your scariest creature so far well i was gonna agree with mark because like obviously the crate dragon is the thing that i would least want to have to encounter but <laughs> yeah, right. i think i'm actually going to agree with maggie because in real life i am terrified of a vicious ocean dwelling creature oh yeah you know what so. okay good point i don't even go in the ocean without like uh like uh water shoes I, water on. socks <laughs> i, well, I, I could have stopped that earlier water water. i don't go in the ocean so I, 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 <laughs> yeah that is terrifying i would okay i'm not well equipped to battle any of these i think uh in real life the crate <laughs> no dragon i'm would be, i don't want to run at any of them i don't want to see any of them. i think the crate dragon would probably uh be i don't yeah i don't know man that's a tough one crate dragon probably for me spiders and the water monster but i wouldn't <sighs> terrified okay sorry i didn't didn't know i was gonna have to answer that my own question because that is scary. <laughs> oh, how's that how's that feel for you chris <laughs> it's a terrifying feeling yeah you just all wait right. till we make you do that match game one time all right oh yeah oh yeah hi this is gary widow very proud to be a star wars friend you are listening to the star wars friends podcast Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who played Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Happy to be your Star Wars friend. You're listening to the Star Wars Friend Show. Hi, this is Delilah S. Dawson, your Star Wars friend, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast. I'm Jason Fry. Thanks for listening to Star Wars Friends Podcast. Hi, this is Kevin Kiner, composer for Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. I'm happy to be a Star Wars friend. Will you be an angel for a helpless Baby Yoda? Every day, Baby Yoda is chased by bounty hunters and abused by scout troopers, and he's crying out for help. Please click the subscribe button on your screen and join the Star Wars friends with a monthly gift right now. For only 60 calamari flan a month, you'll help rescue Baby Yoda from their abusers and provide food, shelter, Jedi training, and Beskar armor. Subscribe now and follow us on Twitter in the next 30 minutes to receive this tweet with a gif of Baby Yoda, who's been given a second chance thanks to you. Baby Yoda needs our help. So please, subscribe, rate, 
and review right away. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Star Wars Friends podcast. Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on all things Star Wars. If you're enjoying the Star Wars Friends, please leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. And make it a great one. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends. So, all right, let me get caught back up here. I got to go through my tabs. So, um, of course, the child gets out, but... Who, I mean, listen, Mando was trapped. Mando's underneath there. The child's inside the, the, the Mamacore. All hope is lost. This is the, this is one of those moments in the hero's journey where, um, you know, we, we find a savior and, oh, come on. You know what's up? Look at it. There it I is. I lost mm. my shit. Mm. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Crazy. Uh, so there she is. Actually, it's Carice. <sighs> <laughs> well, thanks, Jeff. <laughs> okay, time. Everybody, look so, at that helmet. Mm. Mm. It's so sweet. It's oh, so sweet. Gosh, it's amazing. Um, so you you get to see three Mandos uh, flying on jetpacks to save the day. They're just blasting like crazy um, for eagle-eyed they viewers. Came out blasting. Yes, yeah, you, like- you probably knew it was night owls if you were eagle-eyed, and uh, you know you had your brightness turned up on your TV quite a bit. But um, man, this was so so incredible um and then you know when they land let's go ahead and pull this next one up here when all the mandos land they, they kind of get him out of the the little tank there they reveal themselves um oh goodness gracious me is this i love how quick he went from being really excited to see mandalorians to be right. like take that, <laughs> right that right now. i'm gonna kill you even though you just saved my life right <laughs> yeah you're right it's uh it's it's really crazy actually let me pull I up got this, a question. this photo here go ahead cow how did like how did everybody feel about the wig? I liked I, it. Yeah, I liked it. I, I liked it was it. okay. Um, I I said before the show started, I felt like they tried a little too hard to make it look like the cartoon and didn't yeah. try to make it more realistic. But also, what, red red is a really hard hair color to make a wig for. I don't know why. I've only seen one good red wig in my entire life, and that includes like professional theater. I think if she didn't have the the headband underpiece there, it probably yeah. would have looked weirder. But I mean, since she's always had that, it for me, it just kind of blended it nicely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it covers the seam and I don't notice it. And I thought it looked pretty good. I'm going to go ahead and hard agree with Lauren Romo and say she that looks amazing. So yeah, it, it, it did look amazing. It, and the mm-hmm. armor is so good. The, I think it, I agree yeah. with Maggie. I think the the wig just looked a little. Really? Like they're trying I, I to think copy the cartoon a little that too much. Katie, so that you're hearing her voice and you're seeing her right. and she looks like Bo. And I think that helps for some people for the wig not to be so jarring because you're all like primed to, to recognize her. But like when you, I don't know, I, my mom and I were both just like, oh, that's a bad wig. I felt I, like her natural hair might've looked a little better. If they but, had dyed her natural hair. Uh, I, okay. I gotta be real. I never even thought about the wig once. Uh, Mm-hmm. It's not even in my, uh, not even in my brain. Once I, I, I got noticed it. I'm not. I mean, it okay. was still a great episode. I just. I want to. I want to comment on Fulcrum Drawn's comment. So I have had the same hairstyle for 26 years, and my mother has had the same hairstyle for 32 years. Once you get a hairstyle you like, you just don't change it. 
So it works. She's wearing a helmet like half the time. Yeah, yeah, she's got helmet hair. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, you don't really need to be styled. Though I will say, I really liked uh, Sasha's hair. I loved it, Mark. How did you feel about Bo-Katan reveal? What was what was (laughs) going through your what was going through your mind? I want to know what product she uses because her hair looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I didn't even consider the wig. I didn't even give that a thought. It's a good point. Um, mm-hmm. I will definitely have to look at that again. But yeah, no, just because we've got so used to Din not taking the helmet off, and we only saw him once last season, just to prove it was actually Pedro under the armor. Um, yeah. You know, when he was all bad and thought he was done for, which which he did a couple of times in season one. Yeah, the Mudhorns episode, he thought he was done for. Yeah, uh, yeah, episode eight, he thought he was done for. Um, you know, to to have that reveal moment, which we're so used to from you know Django and and other stuff. Um, for him was it was a bigger moment for him it was as big a moment for him as it was for us because we were all nerding out going oh my god it's Bo-Katan uh, and all the other stuff but for him he's meeting Mandalorians the joy you know the yeah. John you know the come with me if you want to live or the scene when he's a kid in the bunker and the Mando lands and reaches his hand out you know, it's very similar iconography in that sense and then they take the helmets off they might as well have mooned him you know his reaction <laughs> he's so offended <laughs> yeah Right. He was very yeah. taken aback. Yeah. It was yeah. it was very well acted. And we've talked about how Pedro has really upped his his acting game this season, you know, not being able to to demonstrate facial expressions, really being expressive with his body and obviously a lot more lines of dialogue here. And you're right. I mean, it was so well played. Um yeah. You got to think you you are you to their to their words. He is a religious zealot and knows one creed and has grown up with one creed. So it's got to just be, I mean, really shocking. So well played, well played. What well, and I he think this no is idea, sorry. I say he had no idea to be told you're a religious zealot when you know yeah. nothing else. Yeah, that's yeah. Knock you back. yeah. Well, and she she commented on that later too. Is like they they want us separated. They want us to think this. They want us to be divided because we're stronger together. And I think that I think this is also going to be because I mentioned this last season, like how brave of Disney to spend all this money on like one of the most handsome man men in the business and keep his face covered <laughs> the whole time. But like now he's going to figure out like, oh, I can I can just take the helmet off. It's actually just a, <laughs> to keep to my head from helmet. getting cracked oh, no. open. Yeah, like I cannot wait to see that moment of like everything I have known my entire life was mm. wrong, like not wrong, but like ha- was twisted. And I think that I hope they play that well, and especially with the like the comparison I, well, to being a zealot. Yeah, they've they've done it with Ahsoka, and they've done it with mm-hmm. Darth Maul, and they've like this is a Star Wars thing. So. In I can't wait for him to be Ahsoka. Yeah. Because like oh, well. who I don't think anyone oh. can wait. I mean that is like I mean we'll we'll get to that we'll get to that okay very good all right so uh, we get Bo-Katan finally here Katie Sackoff uh, wow well, how cool is it that we get the the voice actor from the cartoon to actually play her live action self that is just a really uh, master stroke there very well, well she's done. perfect for it too I mean yeah. that couldn't have worked out better oh yeah. so so unreal so. He learns a couple things, and he's he's like super not into it, and runs away. Basically, <laughs> he's like peace out. <laughs> and, uh, and so he takes off. He goes back to the dock. Right. It, it, this is kind of where yeah. I've only I've only seen the episode once. So he goes, flies back to the dock, and the night owls kind of w- hesitate, and they chase after him eventually. 
but the, it's not like a chase. It's not a chasing. They're just, no, they just kind of watching out. The Warrens corner him again. Yeah, yeah, they don't the come after corner. him. Yeah, they, they they did blow up that ferry he was on. There. Yeah, yeah, they blow up the boat, and then um, where where does uh, where does Din go? He goes to. Um, I think it cuts to him walking down that alley, right? Yeah, Yeah, he He gets jumped. Well, he gets cornered by the guy's brother, the captain's brother. He says, "You killed my brother." Yeah, and his his crew or his school, aquatic gang. It was like it was like West Side Story, Horn Three. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) a little bit Um, of West Side Story, a little bit of Warriors. Oh, go ahead, Josh. It's Unidentified corn boatman first appearance. Unidentified corn boatman's brother first appearance. <laughs> Can't even get a name. It's just unidentified corn's brother. Ugh, how much that's, fun? That's much worse fun? than Frog Lady's husband. That's well, bad. Is, I well, love that corn boatman's it, brother. Yeah, they are intentionally not naming characters. They're not giving characters names. If you go through the cast listing, they're not. Like they haven't at all. Because like the Mandalorian, the armor, the child. Dr. Mandible. Dr. Mandible Give it wasn't up. actually his name, though. That was the nickname that Pelly had for him. Well, and but then they do go to great lengths to intentionally give other people names. Yeah, like it's the like there's Paz no... Vizla and the, the X Wing pilots. Right, and... right. Yeah, that's true. So interesting there. Now, okay, so the he's cornered by these corn, these thugs, of course, uh, and, and, uh, I don't know why they got to be thugs, but they, they're thugs. They're, they, they're upset. They were going to rough corn, them up. They're ruffians. They're, they're ruffians. They're, they're revengers. Chris they're is ruffians. showing his true colors here. Ruffian. Ruffians. Ruffian. the 1890s <laughs> version of thug. <laughs> hey, hey now, we had okay. privy last week. I mean, so yeah. we did get well, privy last week. Yep. <laughs> A ruffian. Okay. Ruffian. So, if you want some 19th century. Yeah, yeah. So... Here's the deal. So he can't get out of this mess. He's 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 really in rough shape here. Who comes to rescue? Of course, the night owls. They really want to get Mando into their posse because they know that they have a big heist. They got to pull. They got like uh, Tobias Beckett. They got to put together a crew. So they're going over this Mando. What? And I think like not to cut you off, but I think yeah. bigger than that, Bo Katan is trying to unite the Mandalorians too. Yeah, like, that's she her knows thing. they need to bigger be mission. one people. Yep, yeah. yep, bigger mission, stronger yeah. and number. Din's got a good reputation. It must be out there. I must. People must know. I mean, I know stepping ahead a bit, but he's he's the tank in this episode. He takes all the hits. So big time. Yeah. He really did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. The reputation must be out there from the guild and and obviously the New Republic. Uh, they they saw his his work yeah. and they let him live. And mm-hmm. they were kind of a little respectable there. So. Um, so here we are, though. He couldn't get out of this mess. So the night owls come in, and they, of course full guns blazing blast him out of there every corn's uh gone and they he's like all right let's just go get something to eat right he's like didn't he didn't they invite him to go get a drink or go go get yeah, but, yeah but she, she missed the best line a drink yeah, what was didn't. the best line though what was when the best line? she goes he didn't kill your brother i killed your I brother oh <laughs> i did yeah <laughs> and then they just light him up <laughs> that's they right that's short right. work of the corn yep yeah yeah, yeah. so here we go. Uh, they're inside the chowder house or the uh, the chowder hole, as we now call it, right? The chowder hole. And they are openly talking about what's going on here. Everything about the Mandalorian Creed, taking the helmets off, finally getting through to him. And he agrees to go on a mission because he is so desperate to find this Jedi to to deliver the child to so that they can find their the home planet of this species. So at all costs, the, the Mando's going to try to figure this out. 
he's he's going against his creed, working with these folks he might not necessarily trust, but just like Bo-Katan trying to unite the Mandalorians, he's going after his larger mission. So um, what happened? What, uh, what did you guys think when she, she leveraged that information that she knows where a Jedi is? Did you think of a particular Jedi at that? 100%. First thought. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, Bo is not going to send that child off to the Jedi knowing what she knows about the Jedi from Ahsoka. Like... Well, no she way. does know she does know Obi Wan very well. Is the other thing, but I, I mean, I thought it was Ahsoka. Is it? I'm just saying. Obi Wan gone? Oh yeah. yeah, I guess he is. Because Ben Solo is like yeah, 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 five yeah. years this old. Is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Obi Wan's been yeah, dead gone, for like nine she, years now. I don't think she would have a problem sending them to Jedi based on her experiences with Obi Wan and. No, Ahsoka. I think she's probably known more about the stuff from Ahsoka. Yes, because they were friends. Yeah. So she, I mean, buddies. she knows that Ahsoka yeah. left. She slapped her in the on the butt in the ice planet. They're like super tight. <laughs> That's true. It's true. Josh, what you got? Two things. Ahsoka's not a Jedi. Second exactly. thing. Does this mean? Does this? Speaking of Obi Wan, um, does this episode confirm that Corky is dead because she's the last? I of don't want to talk about it. I do not want to talk about it. I'm leaving. I need it to trigger you. <laughs> wow. Wow. Bye, Maggie. <laughs> uh, that's wow. a good point okay. it, it, I, just, yeah. I, I just have to say Candace as soon as Candace watched today we were both like where is our son where is our boy hanging out with Jason Sindula duh uh, so they're back I refuse now. to accept that Corky is dead well hey Boba Fett's he alive would. so anything can happen alright so uh, they make this deal and they want to heist. They want to make the heist because the planet they're on trash, they're running arms. It's like a it's like a black market and they are running arms for the the remnant empire. And there's this there's this shuttle that's about to depart. And the the Mandos, the Mandalorians and Night Owls need Mandalorians help to to basically take the the goods, <laughs> right? They want to take the the armory back. And He's like, all right, cool, I'll do it. So he puts the child with the ca- the caretakers, the frog lady and frog man, who have a uh, a hatchling that is emerging. So you get to see the the child in awe of the the beauty of life and the the little hatchling come out of the egg. What's Can that, I just Maggie? talk about this moment and how I liked that it showed him realizing that they were children. Yes, exactly. And yeah. like they did make a big deal about it, but it's like that is clearly the intent of that was for him to learn. And so yeah. I thought that was really nice. Cause like, we all know how children are. Children don't really recognize things like take a kitten, for instance, sometimes children don't understand that that is like something, not a toy. And so I thought it was like a nice little, like seeing it as a living being. Yeah. Agreed. And, and, and man, once again, speaks to the, the master class of the, the creators yeah. on this show, the emotion that you're seeing out of this puppet is just, Oh my gosh, it's insane. It's so cool. It's so cool. Uh, Saul, thank you very much for backing me up. Kyle, go ahead and read Saul's comment on the screen there. Um, (laughs) Okay, like... (laughs) <laughs> lots of people are <laughs> just because lots of corner assholes doesn't mean every corn is an asshole so far mm-hmm. they did so rise far. up to save their planet with prince leechar that's all i'm gonna say oh Ew. leave leechar out of this mess oh don't don't say his name on this show all right so here we are we are now in this imperial transport leaving Tr- uh trask and we get two british 
officers and one American officer. Mark, were you taken aback by the lack of, uh, by the lack of proper Imperial? Um, what would you, what would you call that? That's a dialect, right? Yeah. I mean, I love Tot as well. I'm a big fan of Bosch and he's been good in everything he's been in, but give us something, you know, <laughs> yeah. let us at least be the bad guys. Um, <laughs> I love that through those three that, that that whole cockpit vibe and what was going on in there going forward into the episode. I love that. I was totally engrossed by that. But yes, yeah. they need to be RSC. This is not acceptable. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it was definitely a little jarring um, to hear that the two the two uh, leaders here, the two imperial leaders here, be totally Americanized. Uh, just something we're not used to. Just something we're not used to in Star Wars. Uh, but you're right. The interplay between these three characters was fantastic. These were Imperial agents. I mean, this was like so well played by these folks here. The and pilot, he knew it was coming. You know, I love how you can tell when these these two guys in the the pilot seats were like they knew that their time was <laughs> yeah. up. They were like, oh, this is this yeah. is it. We're screwed. <laughs> I, I loved the whole like train heist vibe of this whole siege of the ship. Yeah. Though it was great. It was so great. So they are, I guess the rule on Trask is you have to kind of slowly like drive or fly no out wake from the zone. port. The no yeah, wake no zone. Wake zone. Yeah. Good point. Good point. And uh, they had to fly out far away. So they got to kind of level out before they can head up to atmosphere. So it gives the Mandalorian some time to, of course, try to take over to Kyle's point train heist. Once again, another, I think, nod to Solo. We get to see this very fun uh, train heist sequence here. Josh, what's on your mind? So I just, I'm sorry, I just wanted to go back to the accent thing. I think this, it actually makes sense in the timeline because, so I, I, my understanding is that the British accent that the Imperials have is a core accent, core world's yeah. accent. Mm -hmm. And so if we're in the remnant oh, and okay. they're, they don't have control of the core anymore, you're going to have, you're going to have different accents. I mean, and if you listen to any of the, the new Thrawn audio books that have Eli Vanto in them, he's from wild space and he has a, he has, right. he sounds like a yokel. He has a yeah. Southern accent. So yeah. And, and they do, you're right. They even write the Timothy Zahn actually wrote that into the the novel that they have that that accent um so so i mean it, 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 i i it's would either like really Andrew. lazy or really close attention to detail one of the two <laughs> i doubt that there's saying? no in between <laughs> i doubt that but it, it technically does make sense if you think about the state yeah. of the empire Did the, well, and the they general, are in the outer rim the general that was in uh, a new hope that vader chokes in the boardroom uh talking about the death star being tag yeah, mm -hmm. he wasn't British, though, was he? I don't, I don't think he was. I mean, yeah, Mark, huh? you would know. I mean, you, that's that that was filmed in Pinewood, you know, I believe, right? Yeah, uh, uh, I think that was. Uh, oh, okay. Um, yeah, that was Richard Lepartmentier. He's American, so I used to run his yeah. website. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's uncommon for you, just don't see it in most of it. Yeah, it was just it was a little jarring, but it worked. It worked. It's uh, it adds a little bit. Hey, okay, how about this? It adds a little bit of flavor. Uh, a little, yes. little let's so let's better character. Yes. So let's savor that flavor and let's kind of dive into a little bit more flavorful things here. The Mandalorians heading into the Gorgeous. ship. So oh, chef kiss. Um, my goodness, 
it's you get to see once again the Mandalorian jetpacks, beautiful, and you get to see these fantastic action scenes. Now, someone here in the chat said uh, the stormtrooper. Here it is. The stormtroopers way too shiny and clean for being a remnant. Um, I think I they think they still qualify as remnants. Or the Empire's gone. I mean, you know, or they're just these factions, these outlaw factions of the Empire here. But it is. It is cool seeing a lot of the classic stormtrooper looks, and there's a lot of troopers in this episode. So, so many. I wonder if right. they got the 501st to come back and uh, reprise their roles here because there were so many troopers here. Well, and they're and running the- a transport from like a ocean world too, so like it stands to reason that they're not going to be dusty and brown. Oh, right. yeah. good call. Well, oh, that's true. So I first, it's a well-run ship as well with that captain in charge. It felt like a well-run <laughs> yeah. ship. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was nice to see the. It was a Gazanti class, yeah. so if you if you play Armada or anything like that or X Wing, you've seen those there, and you've seen them in the the animated series. It was nice to see the live action version of that ship, which was really cool. But even though they're remnants, the Empire would still hold a certain class of decorum with their troops and their soldiers, and trying to maintain that image that the Empire still exists. Ergo, when they finish, he says, "Long live the Empire." Right. They're still trying to maintain that decorum. The previous that we saw in Navarro, I think they were dirty just because of the planet environment and where they were versus this is clearly a Imperial shuttle. So the standard is to remain clean, remain, hold that decorum of the Imperial look. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. That's a that's a good call out there. But hey, either way, they got they they got blast they got blaster bolts all over them now. So now they're dirty. Uh, So and and to what Mark was saying, I think it seems like this guy is definitely running a more traditional like imperial tight ship, whereas Werner Herzog was like kicked back yeah. having cocktails trading beskar for secret missions <laughs> hanging out with and grief just, he's well, buddies when, grief when moff rolls up with all his troops all his stormtroopers are shiny with the death troopers they weren't yeah, dirty i'm and dusty. sure they will be because he's just <laughs> killing people for right. no reason you know <laughs> good point yeah. all right so here we are the night owls are in here now they have infiltrated this ship and they are blasting their way through because bo katan is desiring a certain particular item that she thinks might be on this transport. And they work their way back to the cargo hold. And you get these scenes that go back and forth through the uh, the cockpit with the with the officers. And you get to hear over the radio, you know, oh, there's, there's so many of them. And the, the pilot's like, yeah, mm-hmm. well, it's actually four life forms. Uh, <laughs> and they appear to be Mandalorian. And then you just see their looks. And it's like, oh, dude. Um, so they make their way back to the cargo hold and the classic scene of the elevator, right? You get to see the different levels that they're, they're going on. So there's this anticipation that they're going to be coming out of these elevator doors and the captain or whoever the, the leader, the Imperial officer, uh, remarks, Hey, they're coming through. We got to, what does he say? We got to blast them or we got to hold, we gotta them. hold this line and like for, them, a, for a split second, he jump, thinks yeah. we're just going to like have this standoff which is not how that happened <laughs> yeah, at all. he's so brave he's i love yeah. that he's so uh seems so pretentiously brave in this moment and then when the fighting actually comes to him and the mandalorians rip through this door he just utterly panics and close the doors close the doors you know he starts screaming and uh <laughs> like I which, which one all of them all of them all of every them. door close oh. every door there is <laughs> <laughs> it was so good and uh that he he traps the Mandalorians in there and there's a moment of relief. He, he signals up to the, the command center, the, the front of the ship there. And he, Oh, the we bridge. got him. We got him the bridge and we got him. And he goes, where, where are they? 
Wait, what did he say? He's like, where are they trapped? Oh, and, yeah, control room. Yeah, control <laughs> room, yeah. And then, you know, once once they realize what, the what oh, this shit is. Face. Oh, the oh shit face. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Hits the button and they all fly out. And it was a, another fantastic moment. Uh, very smart, smart tactic there. So love it. I want to uh, take a break here. Noah. Cheers. Uh, we got a pond water reference in the chat. Thank you. Cheers for joining us. Uh, always glad to have you here. Uh, glad to create content for everybody. This is this is awesome. This is a lot of fun. So I want to thank everybody for joining. This is a this is a good uh, good conversation here about chapter eleven. So here we are. The officers get blown out. They they close the back of the panel up, and um, they're going through the the weapons cache. They they want to see. They want to find something. Uh, obviously they want the weapons to restock them, the night owls, the Mandalorian faction, but Bo-Katan is after something. I mean, you could tell she's got a mission and she's radioing up to the, the bridge and you know, they, they have some dialogue back and forth. You know that they're going up to the bridge. The, the, the commanding officer is like, yo dude, we are screwed calls up Moff Gideon. And we finally get the Moff Gideon uh, moment in this, in this season where, He's asking for reinforcements. He needs some help. And Moff Gideon, being an absolute brutalist, uh, is like, yeah, wait, are these the same pirates that attacked before? These the Mandalorians? Oh, sorry. Like, no help for you. you. It sucks to be you. (laughs) He realized it was a lost cause. He was cutting his losses. Yeah, I mean, for real. Totally not worth it. And that's where I have many theories that we can get to afterwards. Good, good. So um, they make their way up to the bridge, but there's these moments that we kind of talked about earlier in the show. And I think it was done so well where it shows how well-trained the night owls are, how disciplined they are in battle, how smooth they are in battle. And they had Din kind of almost clumsy and kind of like, whoa, these – these, I mean, we know Din Jaren's a hell of a fighter, hand-to-hand combat, the whole deal. I mean, really inventive fighter, creative fighters, a Mandalorian. But the Night Owls are a different breed. I mean, really, this is like exceptional level tactics. And that they, would def- t- they would be a good bit older than him too, wouldn't they? Yeah. I be- yeah, I believe so. Bo would be about like 48-ish. When I wrote my article back in July, I did a bunch of like figuring out when she said like she's younger than Satine and Satine's the same age as like Obi-Wan and then basing it off Obi-Wan's age. And then so she she would be like between like 46 and 48 ish. OK, I mean, I hope and I, Dennis, I think Dan's supposed to be like 35. They all move. You know, I mean, well. she's just she's just been through some stuff. There's no way he could have that like practical experience For as sure. a warrior no. that she has. For sure. And it shows. And Bryce Dallas Howard, to her credit, really, really pulled that out on this episode. So, um, so of course, here we go. Moff Gideon's like, yeah, you're done. Sorry, I'm not going to come help you. And uh, they they utter the line, long live the Empire, at the end mm-hmm. of the transmission. And you knew it was going to happen. You knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. He pulled a, uh, what's uh, Richard E. Grant's character in uh, <laughs> in Rise of Skywalker? He just shoot, you know, uh, this guy just shoots his officers. And uh it was it was a it was a really impressive moment to see on a Disney Plus series. I it's just like they they are pushing balance to some 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 audience members, and that was one of those moments where it's just brutal, just brutal. So he he murders the two uh, officers there, and he's gonna take down the ship. He's done, and uh, you know he's the ship's going down. The Mandalorians are making their way up to the bridge, and they're they're all you know sliding around, and 
they get to the bridge and you have all of these crazy stormtroopers here that are just firing rapid fire. I forget what the, the blaster model is, but it's that rapid nineteens. There you go. There you go. Um, it's just a wall of, of laser fire and they can't get through it. So of course, Mando's like, all right, dude, this is crazy. They're losing altitude. Sasha Banks' character is calling out the altitude drop. They don't have much time left. Mando just being who he is. Uh, As if he doesn't have a child waiting back home for him. <laughs> well, he's confident. We've, we've I mean, he about raises confident. my blood pressure. It, well, and I get it. You've got armor on, but guess what? It's not fully covering your no, body. He's There's got, like, the plot the armor, armor is Justin. So the plot you're armor telling is. me that multiple <laughs> DNA DLT nineteen shooting at you can't hit any one of those holes. Multiple like, weak come spots. On. Well, they can't multiple. hit the side of a bantha. They established that earlier in the episode. True. Oh, oh true. Very, yeah, they did establish that. They did establish that. So. Mandalorian, he uh, he goes out, he takes a bunch of hits. It's a really a uh, hero's moment, and he has his two thermal detonators, launches them uh, under a hail of laser fire, and blows up the troopers. Great scene. Great and scene. I'm just, and I'm just going to put this out there. Stormtroopers on their lower back, the little round canisters in their back, are thermal detonator containers. You're telling me that they're at the end they of the hall, <laughs> and they never used them? Like, come they, on, They've man. never used them ever. I Ever. think they just give them to them and never train them on it or something. The they don't tell them what to do with them. Canister, like that's where they get them from. Yeah. And they've never yeah. used them. Well, oh, so, so well, hey, the heroes made it to the bridge at this point. So thank goodness they didn't use those thermal detonators. Yeah. And the the Mando is the first one in the bridge. The the officer is still, you know, he's got the the sticks down, the yokes down, and uh, pulls them out of the seat. Mando jumps in the pilot's chair. Sasha Banks jumps in the co-pilot chair. They, they start to level it out. And Bo-Katan has that blade. Oh, let's talk about that blade yeah. that comes from the gauntlet. Mark, what did you think about when she stabs uh, the stormtrooper in the throat? I mean. She wasn't messing around, was she? And you say about the armor having weak spots, and the best guard covers so much. And Imperial Stormtrooper armor is the same. You get into the helmet, and, you know, you're done. Oh, yeah, it's so, easy. Yeah. There's yeah. Really. She was not messing around there. Yeah. She wasn't messing around at all. No. So I, love, I love the aggression in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. And she turns around, has that classic Clone Wars, you know, that, that pose that uh, mm -hmm. it's framed out so well in the cartoon. Finally get to see it in live action. So can't get over that. Um, so she's got that. She's got that blade up to the officer's throat and demands to know where the Darksaber is. And there's some good dialogue, and I forget what the uh, what the dialogue is, but it's really intense. And he, you know, he goes, "If you ask she me that something question, about it used to belong to me, or something about that, he, maybe that he was have it. Yeah, and yeah. He goes, does he if have it? If the fact yeah. that you're asking, you already know the answer, right? Right. Yeah. So, really awesome dialogue there. It kind of kind of foreshadows maybe where that arc is going to go, which is fantastic. I'm glad that that that's going to get explored. Um, and he commits suicide. He commits suicide. Was, I think it's uh, awesome. Look, I love James, the Star James Wars Pondish. version of the like uh, cyanide yeah. capsule. Yeah. yeah, it looks way more painful than cyanide capsules. Though it looked though. like it shocked him. It looked like, like it, it was hurt. electrocuted him. Yeah, I thought it bit. He bit into it and yeah. it like electrocuted, electrocuted his brain. Him to death. The, the, yeah. the fake tooth, like that one tooth, like when you clamp down on it, it. Yeah, yeah. And I would tell myself that I would really do that. Was that called a lullaby or something when you start? Suicide. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it was Lullaby or something like that. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I don't know. Uh, really, really, uh, once again, I mean, there, this is a brutal episode. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was, it was very, very, 
definitely the easiest. Uh, I think probably the most violent uh, Mandalorian episode yet. I mean, uh, there's a lot of action sequences in here and a lot of very stunning visuals here. Uh, really wild. Josh, what you got? Um, I just wanted to say that I feel like I I saw a number of people when the scoops were coming out, they're like, oh, Dave Filoni's going to fill this with all these characters and it's and it's going to ruin the show. Like, not a lot of people, but enough that it was annoying and I noticed it. But I really feel like the people that they're adding, like everyone they've added so far, it like fits the story they're telling. It's sure. definitely it doesn't adding value. Forced. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And well, let's talk about some more value here. So they they break into the, the bridge here. Obviously, we talked through all this and here is the moment the the Mandalorian was like, yo, I, I, I need to find the Jedi. I need to, I need to figure this out. So Bo-Katan utters some dialogue and talks about, yeah, I'll help you out. Yada, yada, yada. If you ever want to join us, you can find me here, but here it is. The, the mm. forest moon of Corvus and the city of something or other the goosebumps I have <laughs> there. You will find Ahsoka Tano. Now, I, I got home late from work and my fiance was watching uh, was watching the Mandalorian. So I got there right before this scene and she, she had that reaction that we probably all, all did. I got to see it in another human though. It was when she said that it was like pure emotion, but then um, Neely, my fiance then goes, wouldn't it be funny if she said uh, that Ahsoka Tano's back on Tatooine and Mando's <laughs> just oh, like, <laughs> I'm not taking the child to the Jedi. Yeah. I'm leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know where another Jedi is. He's on this planet called Tatooine. And Mando's just losing his mind. Oh, uh, that would be funny. But so this, this is really, I mean, what an exceptional moment for live action Star Wars. What an exceptional moment for Star Wars fans who have dedicated so much of their, of their time loving these stories um, really having the emotional connection with Clone Wars, Rebels, everything that we've we've come to know. Uh, Ahsoka Tano, I mean, we are we are just probably weeks away from a reveal of a live action Ahsoka. This is. Do you guys unreal. think we'll see her next week? No, I think we're two weeks out. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, at earliest. Yeah, yeah, I really. Um, that was an emotional, unexpected, unexpected. I said, "Man, we got Bo Katan." We got Bo-Katan. That's all you need. And then they bust out an Ahsoka reference. I mean, it, it I'm it's, just like, so I just want it to be good. I'm just, I have this pit <laughs> in my stomach now that like, oh God, just pull it off. Yeah. And Mark, what do you think about this? What do you, what do you think about Ahsoka making the transition into live action? What are your thoughts on it? I'm all ready for it, but I agree with Carl. If they don't quite make it, they've made everything else work so well. Uh, yeah. If that doesn't land, that's got to stick the landing better than a razor crest did on Trask. It really has. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, if you get that wrong, they've really stuffed it up if they get that wrong. So, but I'm confident they will. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was the moment that had me out of my seat, literally on my own, watching it this morning on my own, and I was out of my chair. Uh, and I knew we all kind of knew it was coming, but even in the moment when it happens, it's still. A very, very pleasant surprise. I just love the thought that Din has got so little knowledge of the Jedi, in fact, practically nothing. Yeah. But, but it could have been a Sokotano, he could have said Camp Dooku, it would have meant nothing to him, you know. Um, right. Yeah, you know, it, it's, there's no frame of reference for him, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. And, and also, 
Ahsoka as well. You know, we don't know quite where she's going to be at this point of time in terms of her own knowledge and journey. And I'll just think back to George always saying, you know, you never you never find out where Yoda was from. It was one of those, there was a handful yeah. of things, you know, you never see Han and Chewie meet. Yeah, it's things that we've now seen, of course, but there's certain things, and one of the big ones was you'll never find out where Yoda came from. I'll just think back to that Tops card they pulled, you know, yeah. um, way, way, way back in the day. So it feels that there's, there's things finally after literally decades we're going we're gonna to get to see. I'm just assuming, do, does even Ahsoka know where Yoda's, because obviously we're assuming ah. Yoda, does she know where it is? Will they have to go on a journey? Is, is it a cameo she's going to be in, or is she really going to team up with Mando for a few episodes? That's what I'm really keen to know now. And then there's also oh. the whole the whole element of he's looking for Jedi, and she's yeah. no Jedi. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the thing where, like, at the uni- for the universe at large, a person carrying a lightsaber is a Jedi. You know what I mean? And, like, we know the subtleties <laughs> of the, uh, like, allegiances and stuff, but I don't think everybody does. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, what you got? Or Josh, you were up. Josh, no, I forgot right. what I was going to say. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I, so I was going to say it's it's interesting because he knows little about the Jedi, but he barely knows anything about his own people. True. He doesn't he's know anything really about unaware. the Mando. Like he was clueless. They were like, "Dude, you're just a religious zealot." And he's like, "When you're indoctrinated no, no, into a cult like, as a child, right?" He's like, "No, I'm not." What are you talking about? And they're like, "No, we eat, sleep, and breathe Mando all the time. Like we're from there, bro. Like right. <laughs> he has no and idea. Get on our level, <laughs> right? Like he has no idea. He doesn't even know his own people, like the creeds, like past or their people's past. So." Yeah. Well, he his doesn't world, know that he was talking to the former ruler of Mandalore. Right. No. Like, yeah. like, his <laughs> world has just like opened up a million times larger. And I, I think it's hard for him to kind of compartmentalize all that. And just, he's got to like, he's like, look, he goes back, he gets the child. Let's go home. I got to debrief. Like, yeah. I, I got I to gotta take a bubble bath. I, that, I need a bantha bomb. Isn't that, he needs a bantha bomb. Isn't that interesting though? And Maggie, we'll, we'll, I'll jump to you in just a second. But isn't that interesting that that also is the perspective of a lot of the new audience members for The Mandalorian too? I'm sure it's intentional. They're, they're discovering this just as Din is discovering this. So that hopefully if they enjoy it, I always think of my nephew, you know, who's, who's, 15 and you know if he enjoys it is he gonna now go explore bo-katan's history and and the history of mandalore is it it gonna generate that excitement for a new generation of star wars fans which is you know i'm just i hey i'll be a little controversial we didn't get that from the sequel trilogy i don't think it generated that much interest for a young generation but the mandalorian clearly is so we are hopefully din is that proxy for those new audience members Mm -hmm. And, you know, speaking uh, on, like, the timeline of when this is happening, it's, what, five years after the Battle of Endor. So is Luke rebuilding the Jedi Temple at this point? And is there, like, a potential... How will they work that in? So, like, that's where, like, my mind goes. We're never actually going to see him hand the child off to the Jedi. Because I don't see them like casting someone to be a young Luke Skywalker because he would be just five years past what we know Luke at the end of Return of the Jedi. And so I feel like they'll have to go a different route. Mm. And also, I really don't want him to go to the Jedi Temple because then Ben kills him. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't need that. (laughs) Josh, what you got? I remembered what it was. Dave's not going to mess up Ahsoka. It, no, it's no. it's not possible. 
No, 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 God, no, no, I don't think it's going to happen. I I'm very, but I am intrigued on how it's going to happen. I mean, this is just so fascinating to think about uh, the practical effects, the, the, I mean, the digital artistry that will bring Ahsoka to life. Um, It's just such a colorful dynamic character. And so much harder to do uh, uh, an alien, you know, a non-human. It's way harder to take live action. Is Ashley going to be doing the voice of? There's a million that's questions. What I'm most worried that's about what I, is that's the what voice. I was going to say. Yeah, I'm if most you're worried about all Rosario or a combo. Yeah, if you're a diehard fan, I mean, this is it's interesting. So, real quick, we'll just wrap up the episode, uh, chapter eleven here. So, you know, he he discovers this knowledge about Corvus and finding Ahsoka Tano. He goes back to retrieve the child. Child's playing with the cute little uh, tadpole uh, life form in there, and uh, you get this cute little moment where. Um, He's like, you know, I want to play with the little creature. You know, it's just a little baby moment there, a little toddler thing. And again, this was him learning about life. Right, right. Exactly. Learning moments. That's what we want to get out of this so that we get a fully, uh, fully grown. That reminded me, that reminded me of something that I cannot believe that Maggie didn't mention, but when he when din drops baby yoda off at the babysitters basically and he's yeah. like oh, yeah, uh, yeah. mind your manners yeah. you know yeah. you know what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking about yeah. Yeah. in my yeah. defense we brushed past that part in the story pretty quickly yeah that's true that's true um so so they get he so also he's got said the child getting a pet which i thought was adorable that was funny that was funny that to wrap up the episode here they go to the dock to go pick up the the razor crest and it is just utterly disgusting and uh, mutilated, yeah. and it was just ramshackled, put put bad. back together from this from this Mon Calamari uh, docs person. And <laughs> he's like, "Wait, I gave you a thousand credits," and the 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 Mon Cala doesn't even say anything. He just he just uh, yeah, sign here, buddy. Like I don't care, you know. It's like whatever. Hands him the pad. <laughs> away bro classic, classic humor and he gets inside and this thing is covered in fishnets and trolleys and all these different mm. types of things and how funny was that moment i mean it's just brilliant and uh what is what does he remark when he sits down um something about mon calamari unbelievable yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so good uh, he even had like netting on the back of his seat like over yeah. the cushion like why <laughs> Like it didn't need fixed. <laughs> that part so was good. just for aesthetics. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's back in this crest, which my goodness, has it taken a beating and you, you, there's this other squid, this other creature that comes down to try to eat the child and the, the great dad moment, like when a child <laughs> falls off of a couch and they just whoo, rush and grab it. Uh, classic parent moment reflexes, yeah. parent reflexes. Good call, Kyle. And, uh, he grabs he grabs a squid, which we of course see the child slurping the, baby, the noodle. I think it was a baby mammacor. Oh, I, I think it was the same thing that was in the bottom of the ship, just tiny. Baby. Yeah. 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 And then okay. the child sitting there. Yeah. Yep. He <laughs> ate it. He ate it. Uh the Razor Crest is the new hunk and junk of the galaxy. We definitely it's agree true. with that one. Maybe not the fastest, the but it's definitely uh, yeah. the, the new hunk of junk. So, um, then you'd see him fly off and it's, you know, real sputtery and crazy like this. So, um, great episode. We all agree. This has given us goosebumps throughout the whole conversation here tonight. Um, quick theories, quick theories. We've already kind of touched on this and this is why I kind of want to wrap up the episode on this. Everyone has said it in the chat here. A lot of people have said it in the chat. Really what I was going to say. Um, I, I think that, yeah, Ahsoka is going to be somewhat of a guide on this journey, not a major player, but a guide to, to then 
get to the next chapter, the next phase. Um, I'm not going to really dive into the long form just due to time here, but I do feel that at some point this is going to wrap Dave Filoni full circle and we will get Ezra Bridger into the yeah. story as we all know what happened. Ezra and the Pergil, Thrawn, they go out to wherever they go. Uh, maybe Ezra is the one who discovers the, the planet with the tiny Yoda species. And we get a handoff as we know, Ahsoka and Sabine Wren are on journey to find Ezra. There's two journeys going on in pretty much the same time frame. Um, this is going to be incredible. I just mark my words. Filoni clearly uh, has no fear in storytelling and cause he knows he can pull it off. And as, as a huge rebels, as, as anyone that listens to the star Wars friends podcast, that is my star Wars jam, star Wars rebels. And to see potentially where this could go. And I clearly from the comments here, uh, a lot of people are on team Ezra. So that's kind of, I have a long form. I'll save it for our podcast, but uh, that's where I think it's going to go. Mark, where do you think that this is going to go long, long term in the, in this journey? You know, I don't, I don't know. And I've not, weirdly not giving it too much thought because I'm being I'm really enjoying being in the moment of things mm -hmm. coming to us um, and that's not to dig out anybody who wants to plan ahead because I, I really get your logic and, and with Filoni hats off to him he does seem to think so far ahead because it's too cleverly stitched together not to be thought out you know at least planned right. out to a degree that's the, the vibe I get you know he's, he's sat there at some point with probably with George with his little yellow notepads and just thought out some sort of Lord of the Rings plot and, and all these stories, Clone Wars, you know, obviously comes coming back as well, played into that Rebels and now this and other stuff because, you know, we've got Cassie coming, Kenobi coming. There's, there's going to be other stuff I can see sort of fitting into this. Um, where will it go? I don't know. I, I, I just keep thinking World Between Worlds has got to come into play at some point. Just feels oh. like that. If, if Yoda's from anywhere, that's probably where he's from. Um, I don't oh. know. Um, but, yeah, I'm happy to go wherever he wants to take us. I've got more trust in him than most. Yes. Well, I, I've never heard anyone say that, that Yoda might be from the world between worlds. That is just giving me a whole bunch of things to think about on my walk tomorrow morning. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'm very excited about that. That is uh, – Oh, this is good. This is good. Maggie, you got really excited when I was when I was talking about Ezra Bridger. Are you on the same team, Ezra? Are you Yes, I really want Raul to play Ezra. So oh, okay. I really hope that he's not just been like yanking our chain and that maybe because like okay. So Katie posted yesterday, like, can't wait for Friday, and then everybody got excited and she's like, Oh, it's just my cheat day. And so yeah, everybody right. got excited with Raul, and Raul was Fibber. like, oh, I'm just joking. Well, and then being, Pedro, being a little bit more direct, though. But Pedro started <laughs> yeah. responding to Raul this week, which I thought was suspicious. I was like, mm, that's really? suspicious. Really? Okay. Yeah, oh, he okay. responded to, like, three of his tweets this week, and I was like, mm, that's suspicious. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just, he's perfect in my mind for where Ezra would be and like that age group. And like, I've loved him for years as an actor. So like, I would really like yep. to see him and he's, he's a star Wars fan. And anytime yeah. that an actual genuine star Wars fan gets to yeah. be in star Wars, I feel like an angel gets their wings, like a pilot gets their wings. Like it's just perfect. So <laughs> I really want to see that. Yeah. Josh, what are you, where are your thoughts at man? Um, I'm, a, I'm on board with this cause it gets, it would get us live action Thrawn. And it would get us something else that I'd really, really, really like 
is a version of Ezra where he's not a whiny little turd. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. oh, that was only at the beginning. What? Nah, he was still whiny at the end, too. Oh, he was less whiny, but he was still whiny. <laughs> Jeez. I didn't see that coming tonight. <laughs> I like him, but I'm sometimes I'm like, dude, just shut up. No, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I felt the same way. I loved Ezra, but I felt like he had moments where he was a lot like Anakin. Where yeah. Anakin or was Luke. a whiny little or, kid, or Luke. 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 And so yeah. I think that's just like a, a character, like caricatures type that we fall into when we see these characters. Agreed. So Agreed. I don't, I don't dislike Ezra. I just think he's whiny. Now, <laughs> live action Thrawn. Live action Thrawn. We all yeah. saw. Pierce we, uh, <laughs> yeah, going. Ray we all saw the celebration <laughs> banner. Is it Pierce Brosnan? Is he coming in and playing Thrawn? Uh, that's going to be interesting. It's so funny because Jason Palmer, who did that art, is a friend of mine, and I just I, I can't not be like, dude, <laughs> you created mm. Pierce Brosnan Thrawn. <laughs> that's so good. No, so I will good. not take it back. Okay. He's whiny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Luke he's, was whiny he's, too. Luke, he's Luke. Luke in Episode Four, and I want him to be Luke in Return of the Jedi. Six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, well, I do want to give a quick shout out, Rebel Art. Uh, yeah, Rebel Art, one of our great friends here, Rebel Art Empire. You can follow them. We talk about them often. Uh, Ezra Prin just finished production, and Thrawn. What perfect timing! Look at that. Look at that. Oh, perfect what timing. Do you know Very cool. Thrawn and Ahsoka. Yeah, I'm into that. So, um, all right, this is this is pretty crazy. We're going to see where it goes. Uh, no, one prediction I made, I'm just going to get this off my chest. I, I am now a little less confident that Chewbacca will appear in this season on one of those spaceports. Now, Jonas Sutama, we want to talk about how tweeting and maybe cryptic tweets. Jonas is on Team Mando hard. I mean, really Mando. reps Mando hard. Who wouldn't want to uh, be on this show? It's like the hottest thing on TV. It is. It is. Everybody wants on it. <laughs> Mark, do you think it would be out of question to see Chewbacca in some type of capacity in Mandalorian? No, it would it would fit perfectly. It wouldn't it wouldn't be a thing. Wouldn't be an issue. I, I still think they sh- they could have worked three PO and R two into oh. Solo and just had them on their droids adventures in the background if they wanted to. So, <laughs> so I don't see any reason why you know you couldn't get Chewie in there or yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't think Chewie goes off and does his own thing. He's not all. He's not tied to Luke, to Hans hip or, hip or anything. You know, exactly. they they do their own thing. So you know, it could be life day. I don't know. You know, yes. could, yes. it could be life day. Oh, that would be yeah. so yeah, cool. Yeah. I'd love to see that. It'd be, it'd be Every three years. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, long answer, yes. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, I'm good. I'm, <laughs> You're going to convert everybody to this theory. I think it's fun. I think that – here, listen, Star Wars is all about poetry. We know that. We know about – and now Disney's all about synergy. So combine those two, and you're going to have maybe Mandalorian going to Batu. And and really drive cry. The, the theme park and um and having Hondo there. Can you imagine Hondo in live? We Hondo's gonna be. I need Hondo in live action. No. I need Hondo. So that's where my brain is. I'll never get the person H- I want playing Hondo, but I want Hondo. Hondo is one of the most like fun characters in all of Star Wars. It, yes. Like, yes. They'd be crazy not to use yes. him if there's a way to do it organically. 
Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of where my brain is. Uh, thank you, Mark, for indulging me and uh, <laughs> being so kind on that. Um, all right. So we are about to wrap up here, but we do have something very special. We did have a contest that we put out for our Razorcrest Reacts episode today, and we did have a bunch of people enter into the contest. Thank you. You, If you win this, you will win a Black Series Mandalorian in the Beskar armor. You're going to win a Black Series child, and you're going to win a Star Wars Friends hoodie. So I do have one of those. There's that beautiful. Be- I got mine hanging around here too actually uh, conveniently enough on his little jetpack so uh we're gonna go <laughs> That's you don't win this one you don't win the opened one you win a new one not you win a the brand new one, one in the box <laughs> good point justin it's around here somewhere I, i'm surrounded in star wars uh really yeah <laughs> so let's pull up the the browser window here and we will do a live pool on the episode just got to get this tab up here we go da, 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 da. all right star wars friends razor crest giveaway here here's all our entries here so thank you for reviewing the podcast thank you for sharing the podcast with your friends that's how you earn a, a contest entry here and we will have more contests as as the season goes on so for everybody that entered, thank you. We got some really great reviews, actually. I uh, want to thank everybody who submitted a review this past week. And I, I would love to pull them up, but time permitting, we'll read them on our next podcast here. Thank you for everyone submitting them. Let's go ahead and draw the winner here. Oop. <laughs> Wrong tab. There we go. All right. Da, da, da. Everyone's Google machine through here. Where are we going? Settings, confirm, countdown, classic ad. I mean, that's perfect. Uh, <laughs> here we are at JF Kotcher. JF Excellent. Coker. Okay. Hey, so you won the Mandalorian Black Series and Child Black Series. So we will definitely reach out to you and the Star Wars Friends hoodie. Can't forget about that. So very cool. All right, everybody. I want to, I mean, this is well done. Thank you, everybody, so much for hanging out with us. Everyone in the chat, it's been a pleasure. And uh, Mark, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and uh, and what you're into? What are you working on? Any big projects right now? Um, I'm working on a pitch for a book because I've never done an official book, so fingers crossed that will come to fruition. So That'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> that's on the go, so wish me luck. Um, always inside the stuff so inside the 200s coming in hot so uh, working on that so looking forward to getting that out there and then of course fan tracks uh, the website yeah. and the podcast and stuff so uh, keeping me busy so it's always good I think you can see if you want to find me online Prefect underscore timing is the place to find me and uh, the day at tracks Fanta Tracks is my go-to. I have followed Fanta Tracks for so long. I mean, I mean, really, the content that you post is uh, your Instagram's fantastic, and uh, really is my go-to for a lot of new release content that I've just. If anybody is interested in finding a great aggregator for all things Star Wars, go to Fanta Tracks. I mean, really is is amazing. And then Star Wars Insider. I mean, come on, I, who doesn't <laughs> love Insider? Yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. It's awesome. So Mark. Uh, you are definitely uh, a pleasure to hang out with. I hope that you hang out with us again and we'll do a deep dive oh, in your yeah. career. Yeah, that would be super well, fun. Really it's been great fun. I really enjoyed it. Very cool. Yeah, thanks thank for you. coming. 
Thank you. Yeah. Everyone in the chat, uh, thank you for hanging out tonight, too. And hopefully we gave you uh, some funny laughs and some good content, some goosebumps, and all the good stuff that we experienced today watching Chapter 11 of The Mandalorian. If you want to talk to the show, you can find it as find us at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can email us, show at StarWarsFriends.com. And uh, you can find me at No One Is Chris. Where can they find the rest of you at? This is Josh, and my rap name is Little Little Maneuver. Little Maneuver. And, uh, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Battle of Tanab. <laughs> this is Justin. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at I Am the Bendu. Uh, this is Kyle, and I've never wanted a rap name so bad in my entire <laughs> life. Uh, I'm KB underscore Legend on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> this is Maggie. I am at Maggie of the Town, and I'm pretty sure my mom's going to make me go to toy rehab because you guys. So. Oh, sorry. I don't know sorry. What you're about. So many good toys. So many I just, good toys. I just got my third baby Yoda. Yeah. Oh, you got the one that kind of moves and wiggles, right? I got the one that follows you around the room. Did you get the oh, remote control times. one? Yes. <laughs> I know. I, I'm thinking about it. It's dangerous. It's good. So, everybody, thank you so much. We'll see you next week at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Be on the lookout for our deep dive of Chapter 11. We'll be released this upcoming week. We hope you can join us again. Thank you so much. As always, we're going to end this in classic fashion. May the Force be with you. Always. Always. And also with you. (laughs) (laughs) This is the way. Later. Later.